Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 4. We'll continue on with talking about boldness. You know, I, I can't speak for women, but one of the worst things you can say to a, 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 a man, a guy, is you're a coward. You're a coward. You, you yellow belly. I don't, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you yellow belly. Really? It's jaundice. You chicken, when you're a little kid, chicken, you won't do a chicken. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm a pretty brave guy, I think. I think I'm a pretty brave guy. I have, uh, you know, if you go to my house, I have giant big bears uh, that I hunted in Alaska, went into the woods, bushes, knew it was there, turned around, there's a big bear there and shot him. I've got video of a lion, an African lion, charging me. I've got it on video. He's ch- a guy from National Geographic. Have me along. This lion's charging me, and 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 the 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 guy that owned the area, the hunt, the outfitter. He said that lion was going for you. He said I've hunt, I've had a thousand hunters. You're the only one that stood his ground and made the shot. And he he, he that lion's charging. Me. I got it. He's going. And I, he died like right there. You know. <laughs> Afterwards, I had to change my drawers. But besides that, it's an, uh, it's another story. But I think the worst thing you can, could say to somebody is you're a coward, you know, to a man anyway. You're, you're a coward. You, cow, you, you, you coward. I remember when years and years ago when Anna was a little girl and um, Luke was real young when we went to Zimbabwe and we bungee jumped. How old would you have been? I was 18. You were 18 and Luke was... So we're in Zimbabwe, and at Victoria Falls, they have this bridge, and at that time, maybe it still is, it's the highest bungee jump in the world. And so the kids are going, come on, Dad, let's do it, let's do it. And I'm, well, you know, I don't know if I have my wallet with me. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've hunted bear, I've hunted lion, but I, I have a, a slight problem with heights. And so we're watching it, and first off, these three or four guys from, I think they're from Germany or something, one called himself Jesus, the other one called himself Peter, and the other one called himself Paul, and the other one called himself John, they're going, Jesus, you know, and they jumped, and I figured, if God didn't kill them, I'm safe. (laughs) And so I'm still, you know, and so here was my out. Well, if you kids want to, uh, we'll do it, and you go first. And, get, and they strap this thing around your legs, around your ankles, and you dive off this, the highest bungee jump in the world. And so Annie gets up there, boom, jumps off. Luke gets up there, boom, and, and I had no choice. <laughs> I figured if they back off, I go, yeah, okay, I won't do it either because I don't want to embarrass you. But I jumped off. It was the craziest, stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. My body vibrated for five days. I'm not... 
But I had to jump because I couldn't let my kids see me a coward. Well, I want to talk about being a brave person, having courage as a child of God. Read with me in the book of Acts chapter 4, and let's start with verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, there's the key, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of, let me, let me stop right there. If you remember the story, they've, they've horribly killed Jesus. They've arrested Peter and threatened to do the same thing to Peter. When, the, when Jesus was arrested, do you remember Peter denying the Lord three times? A child said, you're one of those Christians. He goes, oh, I don't even know him. You, you're, you're, you were with him. No, no, I don't know him. Weren't you with? But then Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit. The reason I stopped there, and it's not in my notes, but I think we all need a refilling of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, the Lord says, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to fill you with power. And that word power means strength and courage and boldness. It's not just that we flop around and not that we go shandala bippy mama roda handa It's so that we can. I'm, age, I'm, I'm aging myself here. It's so that we can be a witness of Jesus Christ. So Peter filled. Now, until he was filled, let me just throw this in real quick. Every morning you need to pray, God, refill me. Because we're leaky vessels. And the devil will come in and, and poke a hole in us, and we get drained of the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the reasons for worshiping, is you lift your hands up and you're a vessel, and God refills you, refills you with his presence, refills you with his anointing. Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, went from a coward into someone bold. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for the good deed done to the helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and I love Peter, Peter's, Peter's from the streets, you know, Peter, he throws it, yeah, I'm going to tell you about the love of God, but I'm get one of these in you there. That the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom, by the way, you killed, and God raised from the dead. I love Peter. Whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man stands here before you whole. It's because of the power of God, this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. You know, I, I, there's so much to teach here. Whenever you see a word in your Bible that's italicized, what does that mean? It means it was added by man. So a lot of that where he's blaming, where it, we use that to blame the Jews for killing Jesus, it's italicized because it wasn't the Jews that killed Jesus, it was Rome. Okay, another, another scripture, another sermon. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven 
given amongst men by whom we must be saved. Here's the key. Now, when they saw the boldness, they saw their boldness. They saw it. These guys know what we did to Jesus. We just threatened them that we'll do the same thing. And here's Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the power of God. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. They, didn't go, they hadn't gone to Bible school. They hadn't gone through leadership training, but they had been with Jesus. And the thing that proved they'd been with Jesus is they saw their boldness. Now, we talked last week about boldness, and all through the Bible, when it talks about God giving someone strength, that word strength literally in Hebrew means a holy boldness that God gives a spiritual warrior. You know, Bruno, Pastor Bruno got out and received the testimony. When God speaks you to give that check, to plant that seed, you got to have boldness to do it. It's not that God doesn't speak to us. We got to have that boldness to do it. It's not that we know what's right. We don't know what's right or wrong, but we got to have that boldness to do what God tells us to do. Most Christians ride in the boat. Peter in the middle of the storm saw Jesus and he said, if that's you, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat. It takes boldness. It's, it's easy in the boat. It's safe in the boat. It's not challenging in the boat. But you can either be a boat rider or a water walker, but to be a water walker, it takes boldness. And we can look at everything, standing up against racism, standing up against, uh, standing up for pro-life, standing up against these issues. A lot of people have said, well, I don't think politics and church go hand in hand. Let me give you a, a, a Hebrew answer to that. <laughs> They didn't, kill, they didn't kill Jesus because they were, uh, because of a spiritual thing. Rome killed Jesus because he was a threat to their politics. And I want you to know abortion is a spiritual thing and a political thing. What you're trying to teach our kids on same-sex marriage is a spiritual thing and a political thing. When we wrote, when we built this nation and we said separation of church and state, that was to say to the state, you stay out of the church's business. We will preach whatever we want to preach according to the word of God. And we got to have boldness to do that. We got too many cowardly pastors that are saying, oh, I don't, I don't want to say anything because, because politics has nothing to do with spirituality. I want you to know politics and spirituality. We are one nation found under God. We are not one nation found under a political man, but one nation under God, and that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. End of story. And you got to have boldness to say it. Amen? Amen. But I want to talk about a different kind of boldness today that is part of what the, the church world calls the Great Commission. The Lord said to us to go into all the nations and teach God's word. That's the Great Commission. Go ye. Now, the first thing I want you to see is, and I was going to do this, but I realized I don't have enough time. I was going to put a mirror 
in my Bible, and I was going to come down to somebody, a couple people, and I say, now this script, read this scripture, who's it to? And when you open up the Bible, you see your face in there. So when the Bible says, go ye, he's not saying, go he. Go you. You. That's why you're here. I, as a pastor, it'd be much easier to get you saved, baptize you, hold you under for seven verses of amazing grace, and just let you go to be with heaven. But the reason why we're still here is we have a go And then he says, into every nation. It's interesting. The word nation, and I'm not going to teach this right now, but the word nation is in the Bible meaning Gentiles. But it also means every ethnic group, which we talked about last week. We ought to be white and black and brown and and Asian and Native American because he said every group, go to every group, go to every nation and preach and teach the word of God. Every nation, every person. Now, the amazing thing today is, is that every nation in the world lives next to you. Oh, someday pastor. Oh, oh thank you, Jesus. I want to be a missionary. Well, go down the block. If you can't win your neighbor... I don't think you ought to go to Papua New Guinea. Right. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, Jesus said, he commanded them to stay in Jerusalem. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness. Yes. You, shall, you, you shall be my witness. You know, we hear all the time, you know what the church ought to do? Who do you think the church is? The church is not me. The church is not this building. The church is you. Oh, I'm, I'm going over to the Lutheran. The church is you. So when God speaks to the church, he's talking to you and you and you and you and you and i believe we're closer to the time in which we're going to stand before the lord and i want him to say you know what larry you didn't do it all right but boy you did your best well done he's not going to say to the church well sat there and sang kumbaya he said you are to be a witness to me now you know when i first got saved there was a thing movement going on and and you had to go through all these classes and everything on how to be how to be a witness and it was months and months and i'm thinking how many people died without knowing christ in those months that we were learning to be a witness you know, I think about my life, and most of you know my story that, you know, before I got, gave my life to the Lord, I lived in Colombia, South America, in Medellin, Colombia. Uh, if you've ever seen the, the, the show Narcos, a big part of what they show in that show was me. And I was in the import-export business of all natural substances. 
And the time, the whole time I was in Colombia for a couple of years, I was selling to an undercover narcotic agent. And when I came back to the States, uh, I found out there were seven federal warrants out for my arrest, seven federal warrants. And I don't think that's a coincidence that Jesus shed his blood seven times. Because trust me, I needed all of that. I needed every one of those. And so when I found out there were warrants out for my arrest, I felt led of the Lord to leave town. And I went from Missouri to Arizona. And so here we go. We're in Arizona. And you know the story. One day I'm sitting on my porch, uh, we, myself and these two girls that we, I left with, and we were in the, in the red light district. How many know what the red light district means? Raise your hand. Shame. If my mother knew I was going to church with people like you. <laughs> and so we're down, in the, we're down in the bad area. We're down where all the bad stuff and everything is. And, and you know, I got hair down to here and earrings before earrings were cool. And, and I'm sitting on my, on my porch one day, and I'm sitting there, and I'm smoking a joint. How many know what a joint is? And the rest of you are lying. <laughs> and so I'm sitting on my porch smoking a joint, and I see this little chubby Mexican kid. His name was Bill Trujillo. And I'm sitting on my porch, I'm smoking a joint. I, I got, you know, let me ask you something. What do you think somebody looks like that will receive Jesus? What do you think they look like? So I'm sitting there, long hair, needle marks up and down my arm because I'm mainlining, smoking a joint, and here comes Bill Trujillo, and I'm sitting on my porch, and I see him get to the corner, and he goes, he goes, and so I'm And I'm thinking, uh, he wants to come buy dope. He wants, he, he's trying to get some, he thinks I got drugs for sale. So he gets down the end of the corner and he stands there like this. And he looks back at me and goes. And so I'm watching. He does this five, six times. And finally he gets to the end of the corner and I see him. And he literally goes like this. And he just b makes a beeline across the street. He walks up to me, and I'm thinking, he wants to buy some, 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 some drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, he didn't say, hi, how are you? He, said, he just walks up to me and goes, you know, I've never done this before, but I couldn't leave until I tell you Jesus is who you're looking for. Amen. Not the response I was expecting. And I said, what? And he goes, you know, uh, five days ago, I was, uh, I was a drug addict, and these guys prayed with me in the streets. Put, put, I got in the back of their van with them, and, and I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and that's who you're looking for, too. I said, no, it's not. No, it's not. But see, not long before that, you know, it's amazing how spiritual we are when we're in trouble that's because in every person you i'm an atheist but you find out that something is happening beyond your control god help me that's the love of god 
That's the love of God that he's put in every one of us. God help me. When I found out there were seven federal warrants out for my arrest, God help me, God help me. Right before that, I was in Columbia, South America. I had a ranch down there, and I overdosed, and I collapsed by myself, and I knew I was dying, and the only thing I could think of was, God, help me. Little did I know when I was saying, God, help me, God was listening, and so he ordained for me to run from the police to that very house where Bill Trujillo, who had been a drug addict five days before, comes walking by and said, I- I've never done this before, but I couldn't leave until I told you Jesus is who you're looking for. And so I, I sat there with him and I debated with him. I mean, I, I have, I, I lack what, six, eight hours for my second degree in university. I was a very educated idiot. And I kept saying, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about that? He, go, he kept saying, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is five days ago, I asked Jesus into my heart and he changed my life. And see, I learned something that somebody with a philosophy has no chance with some, against somebody with an experience. You can tell me what you think, but let me tell you who I met. And so he kept coming over, and, and we'd see him coming. We, we, he ended up living in a little shack with his mom, and very poor, poor. and we lived in the house. We didn't have any furniture, and we'd see him coming up, and we'd hide behind the, the curtains. So, because he'd look in and see, and we'd hide behind the curtain. Oh, here comes that Jesus guy again. And we'd hide, and he'd knock on the door, and we'd say, oh, don't, shh, don't say anything. He goes, I know you're in there. I'm not leaving till you open the door. Okay, Bill. And so finally, Bill got me to go to church with him. And I saw a movie by Chris Christopherson and Johnny Cash called The Gospel Road. And it showed Jesus dying on the cross at Calvary. And then it showed Jesus dying on that same cross, but it was in Times Square with the street people. And then it showed Jesus dying on the cross again, but this time it was in East L.A. with all the gangbangers. And I knew that Jesus had died for me. And because of Bill Trujillo having the courage to walk up to somebody that looked like me, I am born again, saved, and part of what God is doing but here's the thing I want to emphasize that was almost 50 years ago and no one has witnessed to me since I mean, if I'm going through the airport and I got a short sleeve shirt on, people see my tattoos. They see, uh, 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 you know, whatever, uh, you know, I, I, I travel around the world. It's been almost 50 years. What if Bill Trujillo had not done what God told him to do? You know, we know that saying, if you save one life, God sees it. If you save the whole world, what about if you save one soul? God sees it if you save the whole world. What if Bill Trujillo had said no? What if he just said, you know what? I'm, I, I don't know any Bible scripture. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm just five days older than the Lord. I mean, look at him. He, he's a drug addict. He's a hippie. He, you know, he, he's not, he won't go to church. What if Bill Trujillo would say no? And the other thing, not long after that, Bill had a very serious accident at work. And through that accident, he passed away not long after that. I'm the only one, as far as I know, that Bill Trujillo won to the Lord. But every time, and Tiz and I, 
and traveling the world, doing crusades all over the world in Africa and filming. We've won well over a million, two million people to the Lord. And every time we win one more person to the Lord, another crown is put in Bill Trujillo because Trail Trujillo had the boldness to walk up to somebody that looked like me and say, I've never done this before, but I couldn't leave until I told you Jesus is who you're looking for. And he was 1,000% right. What if he not had done that? Where would I be today? Where would we be? We're literally changing the world and teaching the world to stand with Israel. We're literally changing the world. And all of that is because one little Hispanic guy who was five days old in the Lord. Let me ask you, how long have you been in the way? You know that saying, well, I've been in the way for 20 years. And God goes, yeah, I know. You have been in the way for 20 years. Five days older than the Lord. When was the last time you won somebody to Jesus? But see, we were taught when we got saved that we were debtors. That if somebody told us that we were supposed to tell somebody about what we met, about who we met, what we received. I was saved for a few days, few days. And we were at church, and some of the guys come up to me. We had a coffee house going on Friday nights and Saturday nights to reach the young people. And on Saturday night, a couple of the older guys, uh, not older than me, but you know, older in the Lord than me, and he said, uh, uh, hey, hey, Larry, do you appreciate what Jesus has done for you? I said, man, I do, you know, this and that. And they go, good, we're going down to the jail tomorrow morning before Sunday service. Why don't you come with us? I said, sure, I'll come. Jail doesn't, doesn't bother me. I've visited a few. So we went down to the jail, myself and two of the guys, they, were, they had the jail ministry. And uh, so we walked in and they, they've been doing this a long time, the guy knew and he goes, okay, we got three rooms for you guys. We got one, one, one over there, it's got three uh, in the drunk tank. We got another one over here, it's got two in the drunk tank. And we've got another room for 22 in there for dangerous felons. These guys, boom, they went to the drunk tank. I'm four days old in the Lord. I got the 22 dangerous felons. So they put me in this room. Here's 22 guys that are waiting to be shipped to the penitentiary. And they were jammed in this little room. They're barely, there seats in there. And they said, okay, you stand by, uh, behind this table. And behind you is this red button. If they attack you, push the red button. <laughs> So I preached, listen, uh, I, I didn't know how to preach. How do I preach? I'm, I'm a few days on the Lord. So you know what I did? I gave my testimony. I said, here's what I was, but I'm telling you, when Jesus came into my heart, they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of the, oh, pastor, I've witnessed, but I don't, but I don't, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know how to preach. You've got a testimony. Oh, but pastor, I was never a drug addict or I was never a prostitute. That's even a better testimony. I was raised in church, but one day I realized it wasn't about a religion, but it was about meeting Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And you overcome the devil by the word of your testimony. Somebody ought to shout amen. 
So I'm in there. I'm a few days. I'm literally a week, maybe two weeks older than the Lord. And I'm living there. And I said, here's what Jesus did for me. Here's where I was headed. You know the difference between people in prison and people like me? They got caught. But I was able to tell him, I heard one scripture, God still opens prison doors. And if you give your life to the Lord, he opened a spiritual prison door that will open the rest of the doors that I need in my life. And that day, 22 dangerous felons gave their life to the Lord and we kneeled on that floor. And I was two weeks at the most. Somebody ought to shout amen. Every evangelist would come through and they'd say, they'd call me out and say, you know, you're going to preach around the world. You're going to do this. And, you know, and, and I, listen, I did so many drugs. I, I, I have a university degree. I lacked six or eight hours for a second degree. But I had done so many drugs, heavy drugs for so long that when I got saved, they put me in the 15 and under Sunday school class because I couldn't talk. My brain was fried with drugs. And evangelists come through and say, you're going you're gonna to preach around the world. And, you know, I couldn't help when Pastor Bruno was talking about, if you're faithful in little, I'll, get, I'll let you be faithful in much. And, and so, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll tell people wherever I go. And some of the guys came up and said, listen, Saturday morning we go down to the streets. Now, this doesn't happen anymore, I don't think, but not that it couldn't happen. And our church would go down to the busiest area in Flagstaff, Arizona. It's called Four Corners, where everybody does their shopping and all the traffic stops. And they go down there and street pe- preach. And they said, you know, if, you're, if, if you really love Jesus, you'll come with us. And I said, well, I love Jesus. You know, I had no problem going into jail. I, 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 can, I can relate to those folks. But to get on a street corner and stand up and preach... I'm, I mean, I, that, that, that whole Friday night, I went home and said, Lord, if you're going to come, come now. Please, Jesus, come now, come now. I was scared to death. So I went down with them, and there was, you know, guys that were still my friends, and they got on the street, and everybody's shopping, everybody's where everybody's at. They got, I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ loves you. And I'm going, I am so embarrassed. I am so embarrassed. And, and, and I kept hearing, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, this was back in the hippie days, and so their street preaching was not uncommon. But to get up there and do that, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so he's, he's uh, the one guy's preaching, and they said, okay, uh, uh, Mike will go next, then you'll go. And so it was my friend Lynn, and Lynn's preaching. And he said, after Lynn, Mike will go, and you'll go. And Lynn, Lynn gets done, and I go, it's now or never. I, 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 if I have to wait i won't make it. i get up and go ah, jesus loves you and jesus loves me and you know jesus take you i didn't know i didn't even know what i was saying <laughs> this guy stops his car gets out and he goes i'm backslidden would you pray with me and i looked at the guys and i go i got one i got one i said i'm gonna do it and I'm not going to be a coward. One of the things that God gives us is boldness. We go down the street. We go out in the streets all the time. We go out in the streets all the time, Friday and, Friday and Saturday night. We go out witnessing. We go out in the streets and witness. You know, invite people to church and 
say, can we pray with you and stuff? And we go down in the area where I had been living, and it's where all the college kids partied and all the bars were and all the, all the uh, um, prostitutes were and everything. And uh, every, we're all witnessing to people, and somebody said, boy, see that guy? He said, that's Lucky. His name's Lucky. He's, he's the pimp. He's a big African-American guy. He had arms. He's like, I think he was like eight foot seven. He's the, he's the biggest guy. I mean, and so I go, all right. So I go, I said, hey, are you lucky? He goes, yeah. I said, hey, lucky, I'm Larry. And I, listen, man, I just want to come over and tell you what Jesus has done for me. And a couple of other guys were around there and they were talking and we were talking. He's a really nice guy and everything, but he, he kept looking at me. And I'm going, no, you know, Jesus did this, you know, that. And, and everybody telling you. So I finally everybody leaves and he, he looks at me and goes, come on, come on. What are you on? What are you on? I go, what am I on? He goes, he said, look at how, how shiny your eyes are. <laughs> I'm, I promise you, this is what he said. He said, I've seen that look before. He said, you're high, aren't you? And I go, I said, I said, I am. He goes, I knew it. I go, nobody has that, that look on their face like that. And I go, I'm high on Jesus. And I'm high on the Holy Ghost. And I ain't never coming down. And he goes, are you serious? Are you I said, I'm telling you, man. This is, listen, I, I know, you know, I'm from the streets. I know, I, you know, I know what it is to get high. I said, this is a high you cannot buy. It's been paid for already. The next, next morning, Sunday morning, Lucky and his son showed up at church and both, I prayed with them both down at the altar and gave their lives to Jesus Christ. What does somebody have to look like for you and I to tell them about Jesus? So Tiz and I went into the ministry, went to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we're pastoring there. And I looked this up just to make sure I had the statistics right. Let me, let me look at my notes. I've lost myself. And, well, I've got it in here somewhere. But, oh, here it is. In, in 1980, Santa Fe Penitentiary had the most violent prison riot in the history, even to this day, of um, inmates that took over it says, if you Google it, it says 33 people, 33 inmates were murdered, but we had guys, people in our church that were prison guards, captain, and it was much, much higher than that, much, much higher than that, and uh, brutal. I mean, I won't even go into the detail, but brutal. I mean, incredibly brutal. One thing is, I'll tell you in that, is that they testified, they were, they were, doing horrible things to, to inmates. And they went to, in the one section where most of the Christians were housed, and they could not get one Christian cell open. Every one of those cells stayed locked. And so every Christian in there stayed alive during that whole riot. riot. So it was a horrible riot. And so I can't remember now, it's been so long. If Tiz was here, she would tell you exactly when. But a month later or so, I think it was Memorial Day, and they were to have a big concert in the yard with whatever it was, 2,000 inmates, 1,500 inmates, whatever it was. And all these church bands were to supposed to come in and play. 
and, uh, and, and they were going to have hot dogs and everything. But the word got out that another riot was going to take place. And uh, so we show up the morning that they're going to let all the church bands in to play on the big yard with the inmates and eat hot dogs. And we're the only church that showed up. There was supposed to be like 10 or 12 other groups that would play for eight hours. Now, our, I, 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 we had a little band that knew three songs. <laughs> so we did the long version of every song. And we showed up, and nobody else showed up because there was supposed to be another riot. And so Brandon's dad was with me, uh, Larry Reed, and, and it's a whole story miracle that Larry and I got in. They just let, we had to go through checkpoint after checkpoint. And all along the way, they said, now, uh, we're going to put you up against the fence. We're going to set you up where your band can play. And, but they said, you know, just be aware because the word is out that if the riot breaks out, we're talking about boldness here. If the riot breaks out, they're going to, this time they want to take cap captives from the outside. <laughs> we looked at each other and said, we're the only ones from the outside. <laughs> and so we were scared. We were scared. And so we got in there and played. And like I said, our band knew three or four songs. And they said, you know, you just play as long as you can and then take a break and play, you know. So we're playing, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Once I was in prison. No, no, scratch that, scratch that, scratch that. <laughs> And so we played all day, and we're, we're, we're witnessing, and we're walking uh, amongst Larry and I, and, and a few of the, our, our guys who were guards are walking amongst the inmates while the band's playing, talking to them about, about Jesus. And then we pulled an altar call. And you got to understand, in prison at that time, if you responded to the altar call, they may kill you. And we saw hundreds give their lives to the Lord. Hundreds come forward at the risk of their life. And so we pray for everybody and everything. And, and in prison, if you, you understand this, in that prison, there was the, uh, uh, the neo-Nazi, the white supremacy gang. There was the black gang. There was the Hispanic gang. And that's how the riot broke out of these, these gangs coming against each other. And so we're eating hot dogs on paper plates. And all these inmates are around us. You know, Larry, Larry, Brandon's dad did, I think, 14 years in San Quentin when he got saved. And, you know, my testimony and stuff and people knew, knew our testimony. And so all the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these inmates are around us. All the guards are up on the wall with automatic rifles. And so we're all talking and, you know, everybody's going And all of a sudden, it's like the parting of the Red Sea the crowd begins to part. The crowd begins to split. And we're going, what? And you could feel the tension in the air. And all of a sudden, this guy, this white supremacy, tat I mean, he's tattooed from his head down, you know, and, and huge white guy, you know, comes walking through the crowd, and boy, they're parting. We found out later he's the head of the, the white supremacy group. And he comes walking, Larry and I, and the, and the crowd's parting. And I'm thinking, no habla inglés. <laughs> and, and it's tense. He walks up and he says, looks at me, he goes, 
are you the pastor? And I said, eh, eh, everything in me wanted to go. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm the pastor. He said, they're the, I'm the one that they're blaming for this riot. I said, okay. I mean, it is quiet. And he goes, is your God loving enough to forgive me? I said, what's your name? And he told me, he said, I said, let's say it's Mike. I said, Mike, our God is loving enough to forgive you. If you're man enough to kneel here with me in this dirt and receive Jesus. And him and I and Larry knelt right there. And he asked Jesus Christ into his heart to be his Lord and his Savior. Somebody ought to shout amen. Now, at that same time, so here's the, here's the head. And this is what I'm talking about. It's a, a key to, T is breaking this racist garbage down. So here's the head of the white supremacy. He gets his, gets his heart right with God. And at the same time, you know, our church in Santa Fe was all Hispanic, or 98% Hispanic. And one of our gals that got saved, Angie, she, uh, she was, uh, her husband was in prison for years and years and years and years and years and years. And uh, he was the head of the Hispanic gang, La Familia. And he, uh, uh, Angie came to our church and got saved and got filled with the Holy Ghost, goes back to see her husband. And as she's walking, he starts cussing around, screaming, I told you. And she goes, what are you saying? She goes, I, I told you to stay off of drugs. She goes, I'm off of drugs. I'm off of drugs. He goes, I can see in the face. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your eyes. You're back on drugs. She goes, no, I got saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. She leads him to the Lord. He gets saved. So now he's leading the Hispanic revival there. This other guy's leading the white supremacy revival. So on, on Saturdays, we go to have a, a, a church on Saturdays, and these two m massive guys, I mean, they're huge guys, they'd walk through the cell, the cell block, go, church, church. I said church. Oh, okay. We had a forced crowd, but we had a revival in the Santa Fe Penitentiary. Somebody say boldness. Let me close with this. Let me close with this. And I can tell you, I've, we've, I've shared my testimony. I've shared my testimony from the White House to prisons that you would not believe in the Philippines. Because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God has called you and I to be witnesses. I've, I've many, I can't tell you how many times Tiz and I are driving down the highway and we see an accident. We'll stop and get out and a car is flipped over upside down. Don't, don't play with me yet. You'll give them false hope. <laughs> and somebody's in there. Just a couple, last week, I guess it was, there was a bad accident and I got out and I told the officers, I said, is, is everybody okay? I'm a pastor. Does anybody need me? I can't tell you how many times I've crawled in in my suit or in my jeans and somebody's ended there and prayed with them inside of a car because God said, go ye into all the world. He didn't say go in the church. He said, go into all the world to everybody. Now listen to this. Here's the amazing thing on this. How do I witness? We know now that if, if you don't witness chicken, 
<laughs> if you don't witness, because we know what God says to do, right? He said, go. Who did he say it to? Who did he say it to? Come on. Every one of us. Just think if every one of us won three people to the Lord this year. You're changing their world. Who, who knows who you're witnessing to? But doesn't matter. In a political office or in a prison cell, it doesn't matter. At work or at school, it doesn't matter. How can they believe unless they hear? How can they believe in him who they, they don't know about? So the Lord says, you're the light of the world. Let your light shine. So how do we witness? And give me five minutes on this because the end of this is powerful. Pull up for me, if you would, Proverbs 1130. How do we witness? Well, one of the things the Bible says is we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, right? So let's say you're at work. Now, listen to me. This is the key to all this. Let's say you're, you're at work. It's very, it's very hard and I don't believe in this. I don't like it. It's very hard to go up and say to somebody, uh, you know, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're Lord and Savior, you know you're going to burn in hell forever. You know, somebody who's going through hell doesn't care about 30 years from now. They need an answer now. So you're at work and somebody says, or you hear somebody's going through cancer. Say, hey, you know, I heard what you're going through. Can I tell you this story about my pastor's grandson and my pastor's wife and oh, can I tell you what God's done for me? And then you, and then you look at them and say, can I, can I pray for you? And so you grab their hand. Now I'm going to show you something here. Give me, give me a couple minutes because what I discovered here is amazing. And you give your hand and you pray with them. And you say, why don't you say this with me? Father, I'm believing for a miracle in my body or my wife or my, 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 my son or my child or whatever. Mira, Father, I'm believing you for a miracle in my family and my marriage. Now watch this. Look at Proverbs 1130. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. I, I, because of time, I, oh, I wish I had time. I, he who wins souls is wise. Now let me show you something. We have used this scripture since I have been a Christian almost 50 years. He who wins souls is wise. The amazing thing is, where was that written? Proverbs. That's before Jesus. The word wise, let's look at the word wise real quick. And, and I'm just going to say, I got the word wise in, in Hebrew is the word hakam. And it means understanding. It means insight. It means a sensitivity to God's voice. It means uh, a cleverness, a shrewdness, uh, a knowing of things beyond the head knowledge. So when we win souls, we become sensitive to God's voice. One of the things I pray every day, I pray, God, make me sensitive to your voice. Lord, let me speak to me, lead me, guide me, teach me. And that's in everything that, you know, driving down the road. Um, we, when we were in, in, in Portland and driving down the road and God says, make a left. God told me, make a left. And I pulled into this gravel road and behind these, behind these bushes was a sign. We were looking to build a new church. Behind these bushes was a sign, 
property for sale, but it had been for sale for so long it was hidden. Remember, Nancy, Donnie? Remember that? So we bought it. I think we paid $4.2 million. Two months later, they changed the boundaries of Portland, and now it became worth $30 million or whatever it was. That's being led by the Holy Spirit. That means you're, you're, you're walking down the road and God says, go talk to that person. Just like Bill Trujillo did to me. It means the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in everything, everything of your life. He'll give you ideas and thoughts. Oh, I need to buy this stock, whatever it is. And, and I'm, I'm saying it real fast. It's, it's, it's not just knowing facts, but it's having insight. Now watch this. But it says... Can you put up real quick? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm taking five minutes longer than that. Can you put up Exodus 35:10 in in the English where it's really translated from Hebrew? We're building the house of God. God speaks to Moses and tells the people, all who are gifted art artisans. Oh yeah, there. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what am I saying here. That was the wrong scripture. All right, this is it. Every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded. Keep that up there. If you look in your English Bible, most of them say every skilled craftsman. But in the Hebrew, it says, now remember, everyone who wins souls is wise. You win a soul, you're wise. God begins to speak to you. Every wise-hearted amongst you. That's almost a, con look at me, it's almost a contradiction in terms. Wouldn't you be wise in your mind and sensitive in your heart? But God says here, every wise hearted. And what that means is, is that when you win souls, and I'm going to tie this down, when you win souls, God makes you wise. He makes you sensitive to his voice, that he'll lead you and guide you and speak to you and give you not knowledge, but insight to what he is saying. Wise hearted, because when your wisdom touches your heart, it makes you get out and do something. Are you following me? Now watch this. Now watch this. I'll close with this. But he says a wins a soul. Wins a soul. Now remember, he who wins a soul is Old Testament. In Hebrew, excuse, I'm still limping a little bit. In Hebrew, we have, it teaches us we have two souls. The one soul is an animal soul. It's a selfish soul. It's a soul that says, I have to survive. That's why if you watch a movie with Jews, they say he's a real mensch. He's a real human. He's not an animal. So in all of us, in every human being, there is the soul that is, I'm going to take care of me. It's the selfie soul. <laughs> Not let me take a picture of you. Let me take a picture of, of me, right? But the other soul is the divine soul that reaches out to the divine. So let me show you how to witness. Anybody here have a need before the Lord? What do you have need of? Deliverance for my son. Say what? Deliverance for my son. Stand up with me. So we're to, he who wins a soul is wise. So 
we have a problem with our son. The devil will tell us, um, well, your son's doing this, your son's doing that, your son's doing this, your son's doing that. He'll try to paint a picture. But you see somebody and you go, I heard about your son. Let's pray. Say this with me. Father, Father I, know I know you're no respecter of persons. You're going to reach out, and you're going to touch my son. You're going to do a miracle on him. You're going to bring him home. You're going to deliver him from evil. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, watch what you just did. Now, and did you feel that? I could feel that while we were doing that. Watch what you just did. That animal soul is going towards the logic. Oh, my gosh. But you just saved that soul and turned it back towards the divine. Whenever you do that, why do you think we get up here and say, listen, we have a job on earth. It's called tikkun olam. We have a job to repair a broken world. Let me say this again, and I'll get, I always get letters, and don't even, don't send me letters, don't send me emails, because if they're negative, I don't read them. It's only when you say, pastor, you're so good looking. And you're so, you're so tall. And have you lost weight? <laughs> but our job is to be the light in the world, and people are, are facing darkness. And so we don't go in there and say, and here's what we know, if you don't receive Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. Listen, if, they're, if, there's, if their kids are going through this, or their wives are going through this, or they, they, they can't turn the electricity on, they don't care what happens in 30, in 30 years. They want God to be God right now, and you touch that soul, and you bring that soul to life. Wherever you go, wherever you go, Bill Trujillo walked up to me almost 50 years ago and said, I have never done this before, but Jesus is who you're looking for. My soul was heading towards darkness. I wanted out, but I did not know how to get out. And Bill Trujillo came up to me and turned me towards the light and the light began to guide me. And I'm still on this path today because one person had the boldness to tell me about Jesus Christ. Some Somebody say amen. Stand with me all over the building if you would. Somebody shout boldness. Somebody say now. We need boldness now. Listen to this. Ancient Jewishism says these words. Listen to this. So good. A piece of the world that is broken has been waiting for you, a particular soul, to repair it. What if Bill Trujillo, what if Bill Trujillo and not five days old in the Lord, five days old in the Lord, and he said, I got to tell you, Jesus is who you're looking for. Do you know how many broken souls you'll run into tomorrow? Just be a Holy Ghost spy. People are having marriage problems. Tell them, listen, I know somebody that can heal that marriage. People are having children problems. Listen, I know somebody. You know, I, I told the family this the other day, and I said, I, I don't think I'll share this, but I am going to share it because I want to I speak it out. There's a guy that, you know, I raise horses and cattle and stuff, and there's a guy that is involved with that. And for about a year, his wife has been really, really sick with cancer. 
And it's been so hard with him. And I, I just keep sharing our testimonies. Listen, listen, God's no respect of persons. You know, I'm not saying, well, yeah, it's because you're a sinner. And this and that, you, know, uh, you know, that doesn't help anybody. When I, came, when, when I came in, they didn't go, hey, 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 get it, go get cleaned up and come back. Now, I will say nobody in church talked to me. And that's why we need to be the friendliest place in town. Amen. Say amen. amen. You need to talk to at least five or six people and say, hi, how are you? What you doing? And, and, and maybe somebody's going through, they need you to, to encourage them, and especially strangers coming in. Amen. But I just kept telling him, I just kept telling him, I'm praying with him and, and saying, you know, and it had nothing about heaven or he, 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 at this point, he doesn't care about eternity. His, his love, the love of his life is going through. He, I saw him two weeks ago or a week and a half ago or something. And uh, he's texting me, he said, I'm on my way out to your place and this and that. Now listen to this. And he gets me and he goes, he said, Larry, he said, I don't know what's going on. And I said, what? And he goes, I just left the hospital. And I mean, he was, didn't know what the, the he, tears falling down. She said, they just, they just did scans on my wife again, because you know, she's only got X, they told her she only got X number of days to live. And, you know, so they want to do some scans and, you know, you better get all the family in and stuff. And so they did scans and they come back and we go, well, there's no tumor. Now, I, I haven't heard from them since, so I, that's why I hesitate. And he said, and then they said, well, where the tumor was, well, she, she had a hysterectomy, right? And he goes, no, she never had a hysterectomy. And he goes, no, show it right here. And he goes, I have no idea what's going on. And I'm saying, Bill, I'm telling you, God can do something for you that nobody's ever heard of before. Amen? Listen, God didn't make me a drug addict. The devil did. But I can say to any parent here, I can say to any person here, they may tell you you never stop using drugs, but who the sun sets free is free indeed. God did not give lion cancer or tis cancer. God did not fill my lungs up with blood clots where doctor after doctor were coming in saying, there's no way you're, you should be alive. And I believe God allowed us to go through the valley of the shadow of death that our testimony can say, let me tell you how much Jesus loves you. Let me tell you how much Jesus loves you. You know, in reality, and, and I think Tiz and I have probably led a million, two million people to the Lord, and we've done huge crusades all over the Philippines and Africa. Plus all the, when we first came to Dallas, we, were, we would never see less than 60, 80, 100 people saved every service because people were coming in believing that God would touch their family. I want to get back to that. I want to get back to that. You bring in your family. Say, well, pastor, I don't know what to share. Bring them to church. I'll pray with them. We'll pray. Our team will pray with them. We'll get together. We'll pray with them. But the world is hurting. I'm sitting on my porch, hair down to here, smoking a joint, earrings, and, and a guy walks up to me, and I've never been witness to since. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Bill. That's why I know when we get to heaven, we're having enchiladas, <laughs> kosher menudo, no pork, beef menudo, tamales in, in honor of Bill. Amen? Let's be bold. 
We have nothing to be ashamed of. They out there are being bold. Look, look at me. They out there are being bold. I'm going to have, I, I, I told uh, Derek to, to tell um, Pastor Israel that I want to have a men's breakfast. And I was, uh, I've been feeling this for the last few weeks. I want to have a men's breakfast and anoint our men with boldness. And today they told me that in some city, just to, I'd already decided this, and in some city, this, this library was having uh, children's reading stories children's reading stories to little little kindergarten kids huh story time. Story, time. story time and they were having a transgender read it and so these men in the church there heard about it so they got there like hours before and when they opened the doors the men in the church took every seat in the auditorium and brought their Bibles and were reading scripture so that when the transgender came out, none of the children could come in and they blocked. Somebody shout bold. So come on, somebody shout bold. I hate it. I hate it when men of God don't act like men. Listen, I understand I'm from the streets. I understand my, my street language comes out once in a while, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I was preaching, I was preaching uh, for Jake's one time, and all these people came up and said, you're from South St. Louis, aren't you? And I said, how do you know that? And they said, the words you say, and I understand that. I'm from the streets. I, I, you know, I'm from the streets, but I've been to the throne, and it is good news. Let's, let, we got to close. Close your eyes, bow your head just one moment. Here, look at me one more. Let me, look at me. I'm praying for boldness to come on you. But here's what I want you to do from now on. Say, from now on. I need to do this. When I say every head bowed, every eye closed, don't just stand there. Close your eyes and say something like, devil, we bind you. Devil, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We forbid you to keep souls from your kingdom. Father, sweep across this, this auditorium and around the world that people get saved. And, and pray, just look at me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So just think, when we, from, so from now on, when we say every head bowed, every eye closed, you're going, devil, I'll bind you. Because the devil's going to fight people just like he fought me, just like he fought you. Oh, I, I know I need it, but you know I, 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 I'm too embarrassed. And so, it just we, we, let's 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 break the back of the devil, because you and your family will be saved. Amen. So every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. Just just today, because I'm going so long, I'm not going to bring you forward. But from now on, the God willing, I'm going to ask you to come forward so I can lay hands on you. But I want to pray for you right now. You're here right now, and you'd say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? I've never received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Or maybe you have, but somewhere along the line, you've backslid or you've grown lukewarm. And you say, Pastor, I need to. I need to reinvite or invite Jesus into my heart. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around, all of this building, slip your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me in prayer. And hold it up there the whole time. Hold it up there the whole time. I see that hand, 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 that hand. Keep it up, keep it up. That hand, God bless you. I see that hand, God bless you. I see, I see that hand, that hand, God bless you. Lift it up real high, real high. I see that hand. 
hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. I see that hand, God bless you. Anybody else, that you're feeling it right now. I feel like three more people, three more people that lift your hand up. If you haven't lifted it up and wave it at me, wave it at me, three more people. There's one, that hand, there's two, that hand, there's three, that hand, God bless you. Give them, and four, God bless you, exceedingly abundantly. How many was that, John? Huh? 30? All right, that was 30 people that gave their lives to the Lord. When we first came here, when we were in the old TBN building, that building was packed within a year because we were seeing 60, 80, 100 people saved every day. But listen to me, it's not about just praying a prayer. It's now about, I need to learn what God says and have a life and life more abundant. Amen. So that means we need you as life group leaders and ushers and greeters and Christians bring people to church. You know, I, I, I don't know if you noticed, and forgive me for taking long today. I don't know if you noticed, but I walked around the building this morning as, as the choir was singing, we we're worshiping. Because for the last four years, we've had to be isolated because of lion's treatment, tis treatment. And today God said, why don't you just poke the devil in the eye? And let's become a, a, an army again and marching through the land. And, and I don't believe the devil can, any sickness can land on me. I don't believe any sickness can land on Tiz. We are more than conquerors. Can I have an amen? But listen to me, go ye, lift your hands up, grab your neighbor's hands. Say this out loud, say it out loud, say this out loud. Say, Father, I ask you right now to anoint me with the spirit of boldness to tell people the good news in every area of their lives. Our God rose from the dead, heals blind eyes, delivers the captives, sets drug addicts free, raises people from all sickness into health and life. I will be your light wherever I go. Remind me of this every moment and I will give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Now give the Lord a clap offering. Father, anoint us with boldness. I'm going to have I'm going to have Wanderson. I'm going to have Wanderson share something. But listen to me. There's a move getting ready to take place. And we're part of it. Let's turn the world upside down. I read the end of the book. We win. Amen. Give the Lord a clap over.